Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Global Director of Public Relations at Zebra Technologies, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Jim Lawton, a well-respected expert and accomplished executive in the robotics and automation space. Jim joined Zebra at the beginning of the year to serve as Vice President and General Manager of a newly formed robotics automation business unit. Jim, I know so many people are eager to learn about your new role at Zebra, as well as the company's strategy in this space. So thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You bet. Jim, you've spent several years leading the product strategy for world-renowned automation companies like Resync Robotics and most recently Universal Robotics. Mm -hmm. And though Zebra has introduced several intelligent automation and warehouse automation solutions in the past couple of years, Many people may not think of Zebra as a robotics company. What compelled you to make the move here? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that, uh, Therese. Not everybody knows, but Zebra is one of the top 15 robotics companies in the world. Um, and, and, and we're doing some amazing things here within the collaborative robot space. Uh, last year, we introduced uh, a product called SmartSight, which is an intelligent automation solution for retail and grocery. Um, that not only looks at uh, shelf awareness, things like stockouts and pricing discrepancies, but it also prescribes ways to address those issues and does it all in, in real time. That, you know, so the result of that is you get greater productivity and then employees are freed up to work on much more value add type activities. Um, but perhaps most importantly about SmartSight is it helps get the products that customers are looking for so that when they go into a store, uh, they're able to find what they need, which then leads to greater revenue uh, and, and very importantly, greater customer satisfaction. Uh, last year too, we also introduced uh, Fulfillment Edge, uh, which is a warehouse automation solution that uh, increases productivity, allows for better people and asset utilization, and helps address the challenges that companies are experiencing with this rapid growth that we've been seeing on the e-commerce front over the last several years. Uh, we're also collaborating with and have made investments in companies like Fetch Robotics, uh, Locus Robotics, uh, Plus One, all of whom are also bringing really unique innovations to the market. Um, so I'm very excited to be part of, you know, Zebra that's making these investments in this area. From, from a personal perspective, um, I've spent my career at this intersection of technology and business performance. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. very passionate about uh, helping companies find ways to sort of bring technology together to solve really hard, challenging problems that companies have. And when I looked at Zebra, I mean, clearly Zebra is a recognized leader. It brings innovation to its customers. So when I was approached uh, to lead Zebra's newly formed robotics business unit, it, it just seemed like the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Well, we're very, very happy to have you. Well, Zebra's robotics automation strategy remains squarely centered on the retail and warehouse automation solutions, or will the company's future innovation and investment strategies include other types of robotic solutions and enterprise applications? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, with, with all of the success that companies have had, including Zebra, we are still very much at the early stages of robotics and automation. The The market for um, automation is a multi-billion dollar opportunity, and that equates to millions and millions of new ro robots in the world helping companies drive real value. So 
you know, our focus at Zebra is very much to help companies in retail and warehousing, uh, at least for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future, leverage some of these newer technologies. Right. Thinking about the broader market then and perhaps predictions you might have made five years ago, is adoption of robotics automation growing as rapidly as expected? It is. It is very much so. I, I mean, if you look at the um, so there's sort of this uh, the industrial versus collaborative narrative still plays here. I mean, automation has been around for a really long time, more than 50 years. Sure. The first robot was put into production in a manufacturing environment actually way back in the early 1960s. Um, and Amazon and others have been really at the forefront in the last you know, five to 10 years um, automating warehouses now. Um, if you look at robots, they were initially viewed as a low cost labor solution, um, but we've really come sort of a long way from that with the introduction of collaborative robots, which um, make it possible for robots and people to work with one another in a very safe uh, collaborative way. They're very easy to use, very easy to deploy, um, which eliminates the need for expensive programming. Um, and you can do all of this with a robot that's capable of doing a huge variety of different tasks, which uh, you can configure via software and just makes them very, very flexible. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, though, I mean, for every deployment of automation, ROI, payback, it's the key uh, that executives look at, whether it be in manufacturing or warehousing or logistics. Um, and and uh, people have become smarter about their their automation spend and in some ways much more uh, skeptical there in the early days was a lot of hype, um, you know, as there is with uh, innovation in general. But uh, but in the eight years that I've been in this space, I see more and more companies ready to adopt you know, based on the value that these solutions can deliver. Mm -hmm. That's great. Jim, has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted investments in this space at all? You know, it, it, it has. Uh, you know, the, the pandemic really um, brought the topics of supply chain and logistics to the dinner table uh, and, and, and not in a good way. I mean, companies and consumers, you know, as you know, struggle to find everything from, you know, toilet paper to hand sanitizer to COVID tests. Um, really, like no other catalyst in my career, uh, the pandemic has increased the pressure on warehousing and logistics organizations to find better ways of managing their supply chain. Um, Zebra is in the very enviable position, very fortunate to be able to help companies with, you know, what are really some very big challenges in the space. I mean, first, you've got um, customer expectations are going through the roof. Um, you know, the on-demand model that uh, was really spawned by Amazon has taught consumers to expect, you know, I can get what I want when I want it. And oh, by the way, I can get it at a low price. And that um, customer expectation isn't going anywhere. I mean, all companies from automotive and consumer goods manufacturers to retailers um, need to build operations that account for and are able to cost effectively meet these, these expectations. I mean, the idea is that same day and next day fulfillment they're going to be a dominant customer requirement from distribution centers over the next decade. So this this real drive from um, needing to be able to deliver on these very lofty expectations that uh, that, that, that customers have. But, but another big challenge is um, the demand volatility. I mean, consumers are are, are fickle and, uh, you know, warehouse operations play a, a, a very important role in helping manufacturers and retailers 
build and execute responsive supply chains. Um, in fact, I was reading a report, you know, just this week from Auburn University that said a full 40% of the people that they had surveyed believe that current warehouse and distribution operations will not support the requirements from a customer perspective that they need to deliver on in the 2030 timeframe. And, and almost 100% of them said they expect warehousing and distribution complexity, you know, to go up over the next decade. Um, and they don't feel particularly well equipped with the tools that they have in order to be able to manage that complexity and still deliver on those expectations. And then, of course, you know, last but not least is this ongoing issue that we've had from a labor availability perspective. Uh, finding and keeping skilled workforce has been has been a challenge now for a really long time. But um, the challenge is expected to get worse over the next next decade. There are going to be millions of vacancies uh, that companies are not be able not able to fill as people continue mm -hmm. to retire out of the workforce. So you've got all of these um, challenges that are making it very difficult for warehouses and supply chains to attempt to uh, succeed um, and, and, and drive you know, positive business results. And so when we look at um, intelligent automation solutions for, for warehousing, you know, we focus really on trying to address all of these challenges. Uh, you know, make it possible for executives to transform their operations so that they're able to meet the expectations and at the same time improve productivity of their workforce, uh, improve customer service, uh, provider, provide greater levels of accuracy, um, and do all that at the same time while trying to lower cost structure. Um, so so you, you'd ask me about investment. Um, you know, this same Auburn University study, 80% um, of the people who responded are looking to invest more in supply chain uh, software and automation over the next decade for, for exactly these reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's nice to know Zebra could be a one-stop shop to solve those issues for them, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Excellent. Jim, to date, many robotics automation solutions have been targeted to larger enterprises, but could they also be beneficial to small to medium-sized businesses as well? They can. They can be, absolutely. I mean, historically, you know, robots have been the domain of uh, largely the automotive industry and, uh, and very large companies who have highly specialized knowledge to take advantage of them. In fact, if you look in the articulated arm space, you know, more than 65% of robots are acquired by large automotive firms. Um, robots today, though, and, and uh, I'm focusing specifically on collaborative robots in particular, they're designed very differently. And so they are much easier to use and they don't require this same level of specialized knowledge in order to be able to deploy them. So this makes robots and automation much more accessible to businesses of all sizes, um, you know, not just Amazon size, including uh, small, medium-sized businesses, and in all kinds of industries, you know, not just those in, in automotive. Um, if you look specifically at warehousing, um, we're mm -hmm. going to be seeing that the distribution networks that people are starting to create and deploy, they're going to become much more regionalized, much more localized, and they're doing this with the goal of better serving customers more quickly if they can get closer to markets uh, and be able to respond more rapidly. Again, coming back to the idea of same day and next day uh, expectations that customers have. So this, this trend is going to drive smaller footprint distribution centers that are uh, flexible and that can provide sort of this rapid uh, turnover, um, which all brings us back to the need for 
automation in these smaller operations that are that are not big companies. So, you know, the, mm-hmm. the way I think about it is it's, it's really about building automation for all. So so every company can benefit and, and, and not just the big guys. Sure, sure. Jim, you are very clearly passionate about robotics automation. What inspired you to get into this space? Yeah, a very interesting question. So in, uh, in, in, in May of 1977, um, and you probably know where I'm going with this, I was standing <laughs> in line at a local theater uh, in my hometown of Newport, Rhode Island, buying a ticket to see Star Wars for the very first time. Um, mm-hmm. Coming out of that movie, you know, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker, uh, and I wanted to have <laughs> a very own robot of my own like R2-D2. Um, and in fact, uh, if my phone were near me right now and you were to send me a text, the sound it would make is R- actually RTD2 sounds. Um, <laughs> you know, so that was really the sort of the start of this fascination, which has really only gotten bigger over time. You know, this idea that it, I just find so compelling of fusing the automation of the physical with the automation of the cognitive, uh, you know, using technologies like sensor driven robots and advanced analytics like AI and deep learning are so powerful and provide so much opportunity to do good in the world, you know, from, you know, helping businesses drive better experiences for customers, whether it be in supply chain, manufacturing or warehousing, uh, to providing elder care and helping older people who may be cognitively or physically challenged to stay in their homes, uh, to cleaning my house and mowing the lawn. I mean, the, the opportunity that robotics and automation and advanced analytics provide is is um, is just a very sort of exciting, compelling space for me. And so, um, you know, it started with R2-D2 and sort of went from there. But, uh, yeah, that's what really sort of inspired me to get into this space. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Before we let you go, we'd love to look behind the stripes. Here on the Your Edge podcast, we do that with many of our guests. So I'm curious if there's something that people might be surprised to learn about you, perhaps a special talent, passion, or hobby. Hmm, something personal. Um, well, uh, so when I'm not building things or working with robots, I like to practice Ashtanga yoga, which is uh, something I've been doing now for many years. I find uh, steady, consistent yoga practice offers a profound depth of transformation. I originally started it actually um, because I was interested in getting more flexible, but what I found is it's changed my mind as much, if not more than my body. Um, So I found yoga to be very, very rewarding and uh, I'm very grateful. Amazing. Well, Jim, thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Your Edge podcast and welcome to Zebra Nation. Thank you. Thank you very much. You bet. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I encourage you to subscribe to the Your Edge blog at www.zebra.com slash blog to stay apprised of all new developments in the robotics automation space. I'm Therese Van Ryn signing off until next time.